Hi, I'm Liz Winstead. I'm Mojiella Wodeal. And we're the hosts of Feminist Buzzkills, the only weekly podcast that helps you navigate the post-row hellscape. We dissect all the news from that sketchy intersection of abortion and misogyny with our guests, the abortion providers and activists working on the ground. Plus, we have amazing comedians to help us laugh through the rage. Feminist Buzzkills drops Fridays wherever you get your pod fix. Listen and subscribe, because when BS is popping, we pop off. M-S-W Media. Welcome to Teacher Quit Talk. I'm Miss Redacted. And I'm Mrs. Frazzled. Every week we explore the teacher exodus to find out what, if anything, could get these educators back in the classroom. We've all had our moments where we thought, what the hell am I doing here? From burnout to bureaucracy to soul-sucking stressors and creative dead ends. From recognizing when it was time to go to navigating feelings of guilt and regret afterwards, we're here to cut out the gaslighting and get real about what it means to leave teaching. We've got insights from former teachers from all over the country who have seen it all. So get ready to be disturbed. Join us on Teacher Quit talk to laugh through the pain of the U.S. education system. We'll see you there. Hi, I'm Frances Callier. And I'm Angela V. Shelton. And we're Frangela, and welcome to The Final Word! The Final Word with Frangela! The Final Word. 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 State of the Union. <laughs> Nighttime. That, yeah, that that was our um, that's our high tech <laughs> special report. It's very similar to what you you may be watching on MSNBC right now. It's a, it's sort of I think of us as another branch. Absolutely. No. Well, you know what? We're the uh, remote, remote, remote offices. But oh, let's okay. be clear that we know that they're all, everybody's going to tune into this tomorrow morning Absolutely. before they they even start writing their editorials. We're so the AP of the AP. Ooh, the AP of the AP. That's right. We are the AP of the APAF. <laughs> yes. Okay. What? Thank you so much for listening to us on the special, uh, Sexy Liberal, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's late, Sexy Liberal Podcast Network and MSW Media. Thank you so much. We just watched the State of the Union, as we assume a lot of you did. Yes. Uh, so we wanted to to make this week's podcast obviously relevant. Yes. <laughs> so first of all, let's talk about it. The first thing that struck me was that this was a massless State of the Union. Yeah. That it was, and they addressed it. I couldn't help but feel, I felt nervous. I felt anxious with all those people in the room. I'm still not, you know, that COVID sure at this moment. I didn't. And I, and you know what? I didn't feel nervous and I was surprised I didn't. And I, you know, I think that understanding the procedures they had gone through in the protocols and seeing, you know, it didn't, it didn't bother me. And I, and I, I think that I agree. You know, I'm, I still mask and the dogs have feelings that I can't yes. control. You know, um, I, I have, you know, I'm still masking and I, and I plan to continue it because I don't want a cold. It has been an amazing two years to not have a cold. The only cold I got was COVID and that yes. was for early, early that we got it. So, but I wanted to say my first comment about the state of the union, and it is a decidedly not professional comment is I am loving the ladies jackets. <laughs> there were some fabulous looks. 
especially among the black ladies. Yes, 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 Some yes. fabulous jackets, some fabulous ensembles. I was loving my suitage. I thought the colors were bright and bold, which is very spring fashion now trending. Yes. That aside, um, now that we took care of the important issue. Freedom will always triumph over tyranny was where, where Joe Biden started. Okay. Great. And we needed that. The yeah, and I knew what I needed. And this wow. is actually one of my favorite lines. We're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. He said yeah. it twice. Yeah. And it was very much like, look, I know you're scared. I know you're looking at, you're thinking World War III, but we're going. And I appreciated that moment. Yeah. Um, and you know what I wrote after that? I wrote that down too. And I said, you know, you never would have heard that from Trump, right? No. You know, and he talked about being a unified West and showing Putin and Russia that, you know, we are united. We would not have Trump been reelected. We'd be talking about a whole completely different situation right now. Well, first of all, I don't think you and I would be talking. Second, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm fairly convinced that we would eat, we would be in some kind of a camp. But, uh, you know, I think that, I knew that, you know, the speech was about an hour and I was surprised that I actually thought it was kind of short in this respect because with when we, at, I was at first marking, you know, standing O's and applause and we had had like five before five minutes and I was like, oh, this is going to be a long speech. <laughs> um, but I really felt like, you know, he started with the Ukraine. It was very um, powerful, briefer, more than I thought. Yes. It, you than know, I anticipated. Like well, this is the thing. It, it is so clear that this State of the Union was about resetting and reestablishing ideas in the American mind. And so what he chose to do was hit upon, it was chalk block, chalk a block full yeah. of items. He it was a report it, card. It was, uh, yes. <laughs> and, and, and an agenda. Yes. Yes. Did you see Scalise when he looked like he was swallowing sandpaper? I mean, every time they cut to him, he looked like he was just, he was just taking a rough one. I just don't even get, when there's a kid with friggin' diabetes, y'all can't figure out how to, how to support. Like, I just can't even get my mind around these people, but it's, you know, he announced, he did announce some important things like closing off our airspace to all Russian planes. That was wonderful. That is important and a big deal. Yeah. I, I love that he talked about um, cutting the cost of childcare, affordable yes. housing, pre-K. Um, you know, those things are- Buy American. Huh? Buy American, made in America. I thought, yes. um, you know, and he brought and he had the people there when he called on JoJo. I was like, look at JoJo. Yes. Um, when he, you know, he basically was like, and this is the thing. I, we put it up on Twitter. Earlier today, I had to watch Chuck Todd be ridiculous as whenever I end up watching the show, he is. Mm. But he literally said, and Francis looked so like I had smacked her in the face when I said this. I was like, you know that Chuck Todd just said, you know what? 51% of Americans think the we're in a recession and it's just not true. We're not. The economy's doing great. Why do they think that? I can cock my head like a dog. Like, what? Because that's what you've been saying. Yes. That's what, you, that's what your entire your entire channel has been saying. All of them over and over again. And hitting inflation and hitting anything they can that's 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 negative and not acknowledging. So then today on the day of the speech, and I think in, also in part because of Ukraine, Chuck Todd decides to get on team accurate messaging. Yeah. And it's like, I was like, yeah, 
the economy is in good shape. And so a lot of what, and I do think that that, that Biden is is, show, is much better at this in his first year than, than the Obama presidencies, you know, his two terms that they ever got to in terms of this is what we've done. Right. But being able, I thought it was important. With, with Obama, with Obama, they were afraid that people would be out in the streets rioting. I think oh, it was every, fear of a black planet. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was complete fear of a black planet. But like well, but- when he said he gave the data and he said things, but he said that in his in his way, when he talked about how many jobs that there were 369,000 new manufacturing jobs created just last year. That yeah. was important to yeah. get that out. Um, when he said that, you know, this administration created more jobs last year than have ever been created before. That yeah. was important. People ch- chanting USA, build, build that was America, you That's know. Right. This was a great quote. Instead of relying on foreign supply chains, let's make it in America. That's right. That's right. Um, when he talked about Katanji uh, Brown Jackson and voting rights and dark money, I mean, he, you know, Abortion. you know, he talked about fixing immigration. LGBTQ plus. Yes, absolutely. Protect the rights of women and protect the woman's right to choose. I was like, thank you. And I just quote. When he said, I t- I've told the young, you know, the young people, trans people, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. Yeah, that was beautiful. That is what I need to hear. And and and, and I, uh, I just thought that was, that is amazing. I was surprised. It was nice of him to honor Justice Breyer. I mm-hmm. kind of like the, thank you for being here. Thank you for quitting. <laughs> Justice <laughs> Brown Jackson. You know, yeah. um, and I thought that he headed off critique of her very nicely. Yes. Um, yeah. By talking about who supports her. Absolutely. And I also loved his agenda. I, you know, the, the agenda, the second half of the speech for me was about, was an, a cold, like cock to the Republicans and, you know, conservatives, yeah. because the first thing out of his mouth is beat the opioid epidemic. And if you watch Fox, like I watch Fox. Well, this is the thing. This is the thing that he gets hammered on all the time. You Which know. is weird. He's only been in office a year. Trump was there for four, but whatever. Um, so he he started that whole section with you know last year he signed eighty bipartisan bills into law. Yeah, like he, so he went to the bipartisan. Then he said, "These are some fourth big things I think we can work on together." And I'm like, "What are these four things going to be? What yeah. are they going to be?" First one, be as you said, beat the opioid epidemic. Yeah, epidemic. And, then, and then I loved him talking about mental health, and I was like, for the first time. For the first time since Reagan shut down the fucking hospitals. Thank you. Got rid of mental health care. Got rid of mental health care. We, you know, I didn't grow up talking about trauma or learning about that, having open discussions or having any mental support. Who did? You know, unless you had a problem or your parents knew to put you in, you know what I mean? And had the resources, had the resources. And, you know, and especially in the black community, you know, there's a fear of mental health. Well, I think that we generally don't, we generally don't get treated very well by systems in this country. So, but I thought that this is, I've never heard a a president say this. In fact, I'm not sure I've heard an elected representative of any sort say this, looking for parity between physical and mental health. 
Yeah. Treating physical health and mental health this, as the same, not allowing insurance companies. It is it has always boggled my mind that, you know, that you might get coverage for, let's say, a number of disorders that, that are important. I'm not trying to make fun of it, but erectile dysfunction. But if I'm if, if I'm suffering a severe depressive episode, if I if I need help and I need attention, I get if I'm lucky and have very good insurance, I might get a couple visits. Yep. Yep. You know, like, it's like when I listen to my friends who have daught, who have children who are dealing with the, and he, and I love that he, he dovetailed that in with children and dealing with COVID and what the last two years has done to them. We have, we, you know, I have friends and who have children who have, have um, anxiety and depression issues, some before COVID, some during, and I think directly because of, and bullying and need to get into, and need to be in therapy and need, some of them do and have needed medication and it has helped and transformed their lives. But I listen to these friends game out how much they money they have and how they can get this kid seen and who they can get this kid seen by rather yeah. than just being able to get their child the care they need they're yeah. sitting there going okay we get four visits so how can i spread this it's like that to to i thought that was a really really important important point to make well you know what and here's the thing it's you can't beat the opioid epidemic without addressing mental health Thank because you. Oftentimes, people have turned to drugs or alcohol because of traumatic, as as a maladaptive practice to survive traumatic experiences. Because you know why? They didn't have any mental health services to help them the first fucker when the first fucked up thing happened. And you think about, he brought into that discussion, children and privacy and banning targeted mark advertising to children. And then he, he um, talked about the hard making social media held, holding them accountable. And I thought this was very hard hitting. And Francis Hagen was there. Yeah. And, um, he said, holding them accountable for the experiment that they are running on our children for profit. Yeah. That was powerful. Yes. And, and very much on notice. And I thought that was great. So that was the second thing, mental health. The third big thing we could work together on this is where the the biggest negative reaction happened to yeah. support our veterans yeah can you help me understand francis why when he said one of those soldiers was my son and he was talking about soldiers the burn pits burn pits um yes. in different in, conflicts in, Iraq that, and afghanistan yes and cancer and the, and the and their relationship possible relationship to some forms of cancer and how they're you know the cancer treatment for veterans and as well as mental health and all, every just supporting veterans in general and supporting soldiers while they are fighting yeah. and being concerned about their health that was when nancy pelosi she stood up and it got she was excited yeah. and she was the excited discussion got her she was like oh thank you and yes. I was like, we've been trying to get somebody to pay attention to this for a while. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And we, somebody, you know, it was one somebody on the Republican side, female, shouts out, where is he? While Biden is having a moment trying to talk about his son. And she was trying to talk about his other son. I think that that's what that was about. But it was so disrespectful and poor and poor poorly timed well i just you know and it sounded it sounded like marjorie taylor asshole but like mm-hmm. i couldn't you know but i don't know if my mind is doing that yeah and we decided to go right to, to recording so i'm because I, I bet you by the time we get done with this podcast somebody will be able to tell you who that was but i really you know i try to tell myself in these moments because this really started happening during um i mean there were here and there occasional outbursts that, that were widely condemned up until obama right, right. 
And then, and then, um, you know, fear of a black planet took over and it was okay to act like an ass at state of the unions, at least for Republicans, because Democrats have never done it. Right. So, um, I just was just, and that's another one of those both sides do it things that I can't fucking hear. That's not true. Absolutely. I always try to tell myself, you know what, what goes on in the British parliament is far worse. Right. Exactly. They're just like, Arr! and I try to calm myself down from this feeling of, of how disrespectful it is. And I try to say, you know, it's a new time, it's a new day, but I thought the greatest form of disrespect, not to Joe Biden and, and, and not, not to the process or the state of the union, but to me and to you and to all of us as voters was all those Republicans who did not show up. Yeah. You didn't even come to the state of the union. Marco Rubio was on today on fucking Andrea Mitchell, who, whatever I can't with her. Mm -hmm. Um, she's challenging me. She's challenging my spirit, Francis. Um, she, he was on there and he didn't come tonight. He said, cause, oh, he just, he didn't have time for the COVID test, which Claire McCaskill would very clear took all of 30 seconds. Right. She was like that. That's a lie. The fact that you don't even show up, this is your job, bitch, your job. Yeah. Like I don't get how they get to not show up to the one meeting that we watch about with all of them at it. Yeah. How is that? Okay. I think we should make that a rule that if you don't have a medical dispensation of some sort, well, I should be there. that you have to be there because it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, that, that that is how. On the other hand, I was glad not to have to look at the ugly faces, and I wish Ted Cruz had joined them. <laughs> the number four on his list, his agenda was in cancer as we know it, and you know, that for one, every that American, in, in you know, every, every person on this earth, I believe, has been touched by cancer. Well, you know, I was been told by, and this is. You, this is by a vet. It was a veterinarian, but he, but what they said was, look, if you live long enough, you'll get cancer. Right. Right. Um, and I think that, that it touches everyone. And I thought for sure, really, okay. Beat opioid epidemic. You would think you could get support on that across the aisle. Mental health. I, you know what I can, they, they I can see them trying to partisan that out. Yeah. Um, supporter of veterans. You would think you'd get support for that, but it, whatever and then we get to end cancer and to me francis i just it it's so endemic of the problem we have that we really do really mitch mcconnell really, really kevin mccarthy really nutty susan collins and and lisa Burkowski, really you're cool with cancer yeah and well this is my thing my thing about it is he this is him talking about turning this i'm i'm here for this this forward thinking and what yeah. I'm excited about and, you know, and all of things with these things we've talked about him talking about turning cancer into a treatable disease. Yeah. Instead of a death sentence. There are so many people who I wish could be on this earth and, right. and could experience this as a treatable disease. We have lost so many people. And that moment made me proud to have, voted for this man, support him, support these ideas, be a proud Democrat. And as he called it, you know, and I felt proud watching him speak from, as he quoted, the citadel of democracy. Absolutely. And I thought that he said, I, you know, when he said that he was more optimistic now than ever before, because nothing is beyond our capacity. Like I felt that. And I believe that I firmly believe that any, the human beings are amazing and that, and I believe in us. And I know that any problem that we caused, we can solve if we decide to. And I, and I, 
And I, the, his, the end part of the speech, which people were plotting all through, had was about that unity and about deciding to move forward. And I just don't know how you look yourself in the mirror if you're one of these I'm um, no to everything Republicans about beating the opioid epidemic, mental health support, supporting veterans, and ending cancer. How do you, how does that work for them? Yeah, I, you know what? We'll see. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll see how it works for them in the midterms. Yeah, this is our moment. One people, one America, the United States of America. Uh, that was basically where he ended. And I thought yeah. it was absolutely well said, powerful, and absolutely important. And I loved it when he said, my report is this, the state of the nation is strong because the American people are strong. And I love that he said, we'll save, we'll save democracy. That's right. We're stronger this year than we were last year, than we were. And it's absolutely like the, it's beyond positivity. It was a real, it's a real boost. It's a real like, look, these are hard, but we're going, we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay. And I felt that. I needed this speech. I did too, because I felt like he went through. And I was like, you know what? I needed to remember that these things have happened and are happening and are on the agenda. Yes. Did I have some critiques around defund the police? Yeah, but that that's a problem of sloganing, of sloganing. Yeah. I think. Um, and 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 I, he's you know back that that issue for people for midterm. He's yeah, trying I, to get away from before they beat people at up at home with all you want to do is defund the police and they're off to the races. Yeah, and they don't, you know, and I think that I could have used a little better languaging in that section around when he said he's you know it's not about defunding, it's about funding them. But mm. I and I think it could have used another couple sentences like funding them and protecting them and all of us from yeah. things they shouldn't be patrolling or covering, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that that making their jobs easier and safer and all of our citizens ease you know safer because of it and he did mention you know no knock warrants although they did you know they haven't talked about federal um i think i don't know i don't know how possible that is with the way that our laws work but he did talk about guns and ghost guns and passing universal background checks and he's right why should anyone who's on the terror watch list be able to buy a gun it just doesn't yeah. make any sense so i and i think all those things were great it's just you know and I thought he he gave I like that he gave lip service. He mentioned the divisions, but he didn't le- stay there. Yeah, yeah. I feel like what we got used to with Trump is it was just division, 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 division. And, you know, and wrath and anger and, and about how great I am. Division, exactly. like it's just and it was just it was it was lovely. I didn't feel like this was an hour. Like it was to just hear somebody and believe this person was positive and that they really do believe we can do all these things. That being said, I would have, I think that the voting rights discussion is not central enough and not given the air that it really needs because all of this shit won't matter in six months. That's right. This it's all a dream. It's all a dream. It's a potential. It's a possibility. I'd like it to, to be, to continue on this path and be a reality, but we can't do it if we can't, and we can't protect our elections and we can't ensure that, you know, people get to vote. And I think that, that we need to, that, that, that would be my, uh, like my sort of my downbeat on this is that it did have that feel of not acknowledging some fundamental differences between now and the then of, because in the then we talked about protecting democracy, it was sort of ethereal or, uh, but now that very chamber had human fecal matter in it, had, uh, had all those people in there 
had under under like oxygen hoods and yeah, running. under duress yeah running and hiding the, a woman was killed in that building like yeah. like who she should you know was was had been warned and whatever she is not a hero or a martyr but but blood has been spilt in there at a when we're not at war and and by each other and i do think that while i didn't want to linger or bring up i i i do feel a little like you know, we talk about the rule of law with the Ukraine and we don't respect it here. And and when you talk about holding people, holding Putin accountable and holding people accountable for trying to, you know, thwart democracy, well, we need to do it here too. And that means January 6th. And that that's means right. Trump and a lot of those people who are staring back at him and a bunch of them who didn't even show up to do it. Yeah. Like they need to be held accountable. And, and, and I felt that absence and I get it's a state of the union and I get that he's the positive and he's about positivity and agenda. And I agree with all that, but it's hard for me to sit here and talk about protecting somebody else's democracy when we are not protecting our own. No, no, no. When I fear, when I fear that, you know, some aspect of what I'm watching, you know, I'm watching 6,000 people be put in jail in Russia for speaking out against their, uh, their leader their president. Yeah. I fear that that can happen here in this country too. Well, it absolutely would. And, and, and on the other hand, we have people who actively violently attacked police officers and just ran into this Capitol for an insurrection. And, and the people who organized it aren't being, they're not even being required to meet, to meet, uh, show up for subpoenas, no congressional subpoenas. And so I'm like, well, we need to manage our own court here. Yeah. And, and, Against the State of the Union, but I do think that that is an important commentary, especially in that space. And I was a little shocked to not hear it referenced. Here's the deal. I think that Biden did a great job. I think that he hit, he hit so, my issue, my only critique is he hit so many things Yeah. that nothing is... You know, they're, they're great things. I'm not trying to take away from the importance of everything. Nothing shines. Yeah, they, nothing got the special treatment. Yeah. And because he was trying to do everything. And in his defense, he has to because the media won't. That's right. That's right. They beat one drum all the fuck day long and don't talk about anything else. And they've been re- misrepresenting the last year in every way possible and the, the economy. So... He, he has to do his own work here. And I think he did, but I, I would agree that, that, that I, and I would have liked, I, you know, there was different conjecture around like having Zelensky give a statement in it. That's, I think perhaps inappropriate in this setting, but I, I think that, that, and I like, you know, uh, it did, I do feel like it, because of that, it did not, it's not scattershot isn't the right way to say it. That's way too harsh. Um, but it, it did have the feeling of, and here's the thing, we do have all those problems. He does have a ridiculous agenda. Like, yeah. it is crazy to me, you know, how much this president has gotten done and has been called on to do and is getting critiqued for in one year. Um, and I think that that all of that was good. But I think this could have used a tightening and, and a, a punch up on some areas. Because, like, one of my favorite things is, you know, and I, I don't know if we, if we said it before we started, but um, let's, what is the tax thing? He said, let's... The, he said, the present tax system ain't fair. Yeah. Those are great Biden moments. Yeah. You know, um, that was another big reaction about, you know, the the 1% maybe getting taxed in yeah. some way. And did you hear the, the, the other side booing? Yeah. Booing. It's like really. On the rich being called to pay their fair share of taxes. Yeah. 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 But, but, you know, do your, my issue is 
are your constituents watching you? Is And when you see that person up there not cheering for Medicare and lower prescriptions and all and you know and better pay for you and job growth and the fact that you will be able to walk into a fucking pharmacist for free oh here, here when we go you this are is great sick. and if you test you can test for free and if you test if you pop positive they will give you antivirals there on the spot for free for free That needed to be be highlighted even more. And I think, in fact, when he said that they're going to send more free COVID tests, you know, I had my fingers on the keyboard to go to COVID. (laughs) And then it was like starting next week. And I went, oh, okay, you're right. You're right. I should wait. Right, 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 right. But that's a huge thing. You you know, like, and he said, well, I'll never quit on people getting vaccinated. So it covered a broad range of things. I thought it was a very good speech. I thought he did a very good job. I, I, my critiques are minimal and, and with love and respect. And Same. just, I am blown away about everything this administration has done and is doing and is trying to tackle. I think though, as I've said on more than one occasions, none of it matters if we can't protect the election. And I just need to see that. That's our final word. I'm Francis Callier. I'm Angela V. Shelton. We are Frangela. Thank you so much for listening to this special edition of The final word! State of the Union. It's no surprise that newsmakers try to manipulate the audience. They want you to believe that they are the one holding the line and they'll use any trick they can to get you there. But don't let them fool you. Get unspun. I'm Amanda Sturgill. I've been a reporter, and today I teach future reporters to cut the spin and think critically about what newsmakers say. My podcast, Unspun, shows you how to know when you're being manipulated by the news. Learn to spot the tricks and how to make up your own mind about what's true. So if you're tired of being fooled by the news, subscribe to Unspun today. Unspun, because you deserve the truth.